your boy DM3, and you're listening to Pandemonium with Mike Lindsley on the Buffalo Bills, exclusively on the Built to Buffalo Podcast Network. Bills Mafia, what is up? I'm Mike Lindsley, your host. This is the Pandemonium Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on all the social media platforms, including Twitter, at BuiltInBuffalo underscore. Terrific, terrific uh, time of year. Obviously, this week is uh, amazing. And you know what? I love it now better than the drought years. I I know that when you're uh, a, 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 a bad team and you're missing the postseason year after year after year, you know, the draft is your big thing. The draft is your Super Bowl because you're like, okay, let's find pieces to get back to the playoffs, to get, you know, back to where we should be. Um, who are they going to take? They're going to, you know, uh, we got so many holes to fill, blah, blah, blah. There is an excitement level on that end, but I like this end better because the Bills are a damn good team. The Bills have been knocking on the door and the Bills don't have that many holes to fill on the roster, right? We know that. And so I like being in this position. I'll always take my team being better, you know, than worse uh, in the NFL draft. Who better to talk to than this guy, Jeremiah Searles. You know him from his days as a Nebraska Husker uh, football player, a six-year NFL vet, sideline reporter now for Husker Radio Network, and an owner into One West Sports. He's a certified NFL agent. He's a draft expert, and he is Mr. Football as far as we're concerned. Jeremiah Searles on Twitter, at Searles71 underscore HSKR. Yes, that's short for Husker. Go follow him. Jeremiah, how are you? Oh, man, it's NFL Draft Week and ready to get this thing in 2020 draft, put it in the books, and move on to the next part of the NFL season. No doubt. You are in, obviously, a, a, a select category because you went undrafted out of Nebraska. And so can you go back a little bit and and explain just how difficult and gut-wrenching that was and, um, you know, the process leading up to it, you know, the visits with teams, the stress as the rounds are going on. What What is it like throughout? And then what, what was it like to be undrafted? Yeah, I mean, the whole pre-draft process is just – super stressful and it's for a few reasons but i think the number one reason is uncertainty right like we as humans like certainty we like things that we know for sure what's next where we're going where the path ends right like all these kids are training and know that the ultimate path is the nfl but when you're training in it you're like i know the nfl but i don't know where i'm going i don't know what scheme i'm learning what my coaches are who my teammates are and the uncertainty is really stressful and it's also can like mentally fatigue you out and so through this whole process, it's just really mentally fatiguing. And then you have teams calling you and teams telling you one thing like, hey, we think you're a draft pick. And then you're like, really cool. And they have other teams like, yeah, no, we're not really that interested. Maybe a free agent, maybe a mini camp tryout. And so you hear a million different things and it's really hard to decipher. And so draft weekend is just this stressful weekend of trying to figure out your life. And then when I went undrafted, I was just extremely thankful to have an opportunity, right? I mean, that's all you can ask for in the NFL. Nothing's ever for certain. Nothing's ever guaranteed. You just want an opportunity. And so I was just super thankful to have an opportunity, but it was an uphill battle my whole career, and you fight for everything you've given, but that's just kind of the nature of the beast. Do you, on a daily basis this time of year, I mean, being an NFL agent as well, I mean, do you do you constantly advise guys on, on certain things and – um, you know, some of the things behind the curtain that people don't know that can help them in the draft process? Absolutely. I mean, your clients, you, you want to make sure you're always being very straight up and very honest with them and making sure you tell them 
hey, this is what I'm hearing here. This isn't what I'm hearing. But also at the same time, like you have to manage expectations, right? Because I always say at the NFL, the liars lie and the lies lie, right? Like everyone is trying to find a way. You're playing chess in a million different boards with uh, four different people from a team. Or, and you're also trying to decipher what those people are telling your client and they're telling you. And it's just a lot of managing expectations, but also just being honest, right? I think the number one thing I wanted as a player is I wanted my agent to be honest with me. And so that's one thing is I'm just being completely honest with my guys about what we're hearing, what teams are saying, and just trying to keep them mentally okay um, until we can get out in front of this thing and hopefully have all my guys land somewhere on a Sunday. But it's just constant phone calls and constant communication and trying to put together the pieces for each player about where they may fall. Jeremiah Searles with us, uh, of course, in the NFL um, for a little while with the Chargers, Vikings, Panthers, and Bills, a star at Nebraska, now doing great things in the football world. Uh, as a uh, certified NFL agent and um, an NFL insider and sideline reporter for Huskers Radio is uh, his alma mater, and you can get him on Twitter at Searle71 underscore HSKR. What do the Bills do in the first round? Oh, man, that's a great question. I mean, you look at that team and you try and think where where are the bus. In my opinion, I think you go edge rusher. Wow, again. Yeah. Okay. I think there's a lot of deep edge rushers in this class. Um, I think that you look at the Bills and where they want to compete, and I know they picked up Vaughn Miller, but you know, you talk about what you want to build in the draft, right? A lot of times you talk about guys that can contribute right away, but you also want guys that you can still develop. Everyone thinks that if you're a first-round pick, you're, you don't have no room for development, right? I think that you get an edge rusher that can learn and grow under a guy like Vaughn, and some of those guys and really take those skill sets can help his development, push his development even further. So, you know, I could see them going with an edge rusher in round one. The Bills, when you arrived there, did you start – when did you start to see the turnaround? Immediately. You know, when I showed up in the, in the middle of 2018, uh, week four of 2018, I could tell this was – a franchise that had all the pieces put together to make a run on a rebuild. And it starts with the quarterback, right? I saw how special Josh Allen really could and was going to be, but you really, it starts also with coach McDermott and Brandon Bean. You know, I think those two guys work so well together in their imaging of what they have, the image that they have for their team and the vision that they're going to put together for that team really works hand in hand. And that's where organizations really go arise when you have a head coach that wants something and a GM that wants something, but their visions don't necessarily match up. And those two guys have a vision, not just for what the product on the field is like, but the type of player that they want to bring into the organization to bring into that locker room because they pride themselves on high character, high class people. They pride themselves on guys that are ultimate competitors, you know, and just because a guy's an extremely talented guy doesn't mean he's going to be a fit in Orchard Park, New York. You know, so I, I really think that they've done a phenomenal job. I saw that right away when I came in. It's been so fun to follow them now. Yeah, no doubt about that. A couple more for Jeremiah Searles, the uh, terrific NFL certified agent, former player, of course, in his own right, with the Chargers, Vikings, Panthers, and Bills here on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, Pandemonium. I'm Mike Lindsley. Um, you know, you, you were a guard. Uh, a lot of times today you have guards who play a little tackle. You have tackles who play guard. Uh, did you play just guard? Did, did you did you mosey over to tackle position? And, and how hard is that, you know, that, that versatility, Jeremiah? Yeah, you know, so I played tackle in college. Um, and then when I got in the NFL, I came in thinking, okay, I'm going to be a tackle. But you learned real quickly that those werewolves uh, coming off the edge <laughs> take a special talent to block. <laughs> nice. um, and yeah. so you're, you're seeing more of a trend now, um, like as guys are headed into the NFL, that 
a lot of times, and I'm seeing this even with guys I represent, guys that play tackle in college project as a guard in the NFL. You know, because of that stuff I just said, like you look at Trent Williams and the Toronto Armsteads and, and the Deion Dawkins, like they're special talents, especially out there on the left tackle spot. I mean, you're looking guys and, and the whole NFL offensive line has kind of shifted in the fact that the day of the six foot two, 310 pound center is kind of not really a thing anymore. You're seeing guys like Mitch Morris or you're, you're seeing guys like Justin Britt who were tackles that now are even playing center, right? Guys want to get bigger guys across the whole board because the three techniques, the defensive tackles, the Ed Olivers, the Aaron Donalds, the JD Garrett are getting so much better at pass rushing that, you know, they really need to bring these tackles out a little bit more polished pass protectors to play inside. So you're definitely seeing a lot more of that. And, you know, it's a tough transition, um, but it's also one of those things that you have to be able to do if you want to play in the NFL. Is there anything that happens with the draft that sends a wrong message to uh, to the team? Now, I'm not talking to the level of <laughs> Jordan Love you know, getting picked and Aaron Rodgers not being consultant and all the rest. But I'm thinking more along the lines of the Bills right now, they have the 25th pick. Brees Hall, the running back, has been getting a lot of a lot of steam lately from Iowa State. Uh, he, he's, he's a game-breaker type player. Uh, you know, the, the Bills were kind of in on Travis Etienne a year ago. Um, this has been really, really gaining some steam here this week. And I just think that maybe... The, that sends a little bit of a bad message to the running back room, considering Devin Singletary last year was one of the best running backs in the NFL. Is there anything like that? Do you believe in that? Do you subscribe to, mm, maybe they shouldn't take this guy because it sends a message to this group, a bad message to somebody? You know, I don't think so, because the ultimate goal of the draft, and, and if you want to be a competitor, like you're never safe, right? Unless you signed the the Dalvin cook type of deal. Like you're not necessarily considered safe, but also all these guys. And when you're in the NFL, you, you live off of competition, right? I mean, some of the, and so as a, as a player in the NFL, you only like to draft once. That's when you get drafted. After that, you, you hate the draft. Cause you always think they're, they're coming after for your replacement. Right. Um, but at the same time, like when you're looking at it, you think of, okay, if this guy can help our team and he can help me develop into a better player, I can help him develop into a better player. Then ultimately it's for the best. You know, so I don't think it sends a bad message. I think it might put you put you on notice a little bit, right? Like, hey, we need to get better in this room, and that pushes everyone. That pushes everyone in the room, pushes the coaches. And so I think that you can kind of take it badly as a player, but ultimately you need to use it to light a fire under yourself but also understand that team needs to get better at all positions. You're always looking to win a Super Bowl, and you need the best players to do that. Do you think the Bills get a championship in this tenure, in this regime with these guys? You know, I think they do. You know, I think they wow. do. And, and I and I hate saying that because I hate putting projections on people. But looking at what this team's done and how far they've come and how they keep adding pieces. And, you know, I think they have lightning in a bottle a little bit right now with everyone loving up on Buffalo to where it's not. It used to be a long time. It's like hard to get players to Buffalo, right? It's Orchard Park. It's cold. It's snowy. It's all the things. But when you're winning football games, none of that really matters. And they're winning football games right now. And so it's a destination place for guys and vets maybe that – want to come and do some one-year deals to make a run at things but you know i think that all the pieces are put in place and now a lot of it and so much of the nfl is just a war of attrition can everyone stay healthy right everyone's got a super bowl roster week one but how long can that roster stay strong and stay together and stay healthy so that they can make a run there at the end in january and 
try and make it to the ship, you know. So I think that this team is primed to do that, but a lot of it's just going to be a matter of staying healthy and Josh Allen continuing to play at an extremely high level. How disappointing was it for you? You know, you signed a one-year contract extension, right, and then you get the foot injury and then you're released. I mean, that short amount of time, I mean, being signed in the fall of 2018, you're a bill, you're you're seeing the, the, them turn the corner, uh, you're getting great teammates, Allen, all that stuff. And you get an extent, oh, here we go again. I mean, it, you must have thought, geez, I, I think this is going really, really well, and I'm going to be here for a little while, right? But then you got the injury, and then you release, and then you retire in 2020. So how, how crazy was that short time period, highs and lows? Yeah, yeah I mean, it was the highs, highs, and lows, lows. Yeah. You know, after the 2018 season, I, I called my agent, and I was like, hey, I want to retire a bill. I was like, I want to be here. Like, I love what this place is doing. I love what's being built here. I love the city. I love everything. And so we did. We negotiated the one-year extension. And, I mean, I could just feel I was going to be a part of that room. You know, I trusted in Bobby Johnson and Brian Dable and McDermott and being there all, like, told me, like, you're a part of this. Like, and obviously I had to go out and earn it with my play. But I really wanted to be there because I knew how special and how it was going to turn quickly. And so going from, man, I'm so excited to, man, my career's over in a matter of about three months was, yeah. was pretty tough for me uh, mentally and tough on the family, but that's football, man. No one, very rarely do people get to walk away from the game when they want to. I mean, very often it's the game tells you, you have to walk away. And that's what it was for me. And that's what it was for a lot of players. And so very disappointed that I wasn't able to be on these teams and make these runs with these guys. But at the same time, it's been so fun to step into this new role as the agent. But also, I'll be I'll be a Buffalo Bills fan for life. What's the hardest part about being an NFL agent? Recruiting. Okay. Recruiting guys. Um, getting, getting recruiting college players and showing them kind of how you feel like you can help them. But it's really hard because you try and explain to kids like, Hey, I've been where you want to go and I know what it takes, but you know, these young kids, they don't know what they don't know. They don't know because other agents will be selling all kinds of other stuff. They, you know, and everyone's different. It's all about fit, but I'm learning that recruiting is really hard and getting gut punched a couple times with guys you thought you were going to sign. And all of a sudden at the last 11th hour, they go somewhere else and you're sitting there going, man, I invested tons of time and resources into recruiting you. And now you're just kind of gone. And so that's been a, a learning curve these first couple of years as I'm getting going, but I'm starting to get better at it. And I'm hoping to be better at it as I continue along. I got two really, really quick ones. I'll let you go. When did you first connect with Bill's mafia? When did you first feel, man, this fan base loves me and I'm loving them back. You know, I think it was the first game, you know, and I came from Minnesota that had a really great fan base and, we were good. We went 13-3 and three in 2017. But, you know, when I showed up to, to Buffalo and we were struggling a little bit, I was like, these, these stands are still very full. These parking <laughs> lots are still extremely full, and there's still bonfires going on until the wee hours of Sunday morning, you know. And I just loved it so much. Like, yeah. the fan base reminded me a lot of college for Husker Nation, mm -hmm. right? I mean, Husker Nation's crazy here in Nebraska. And it just reminded me of that kind of atmosphere. And so I embraced it. I loved it. And you know, I can see why that place is so special and why those fans really make that place so special. All right, final thing. Anything else jump off the page in the NFL draft to you? Uh, you know, uh, a guy who could rise, guy who could fall, who's going number one, however you want to take it, what's jumping off the page uh, for the NFL draft for you? You know, the thing that's crazy to me is the uncertainty of the first round. You know, I think that there's obviously you have your top 50 players, but I don't know if there's a consensus top five picks. Right. Like, I think that that's kind of the uncertainty of it all, which is crazy. And then the other one is the tight end position. Right. There's a ton of tight ends, but I don't know if one gets drafted in the first round, yeah. but there's like 40 of them. 
you know, I think that you're going to see kind of like 2015 is what it reminds me of where I think there was 19 tight ends drafted in 2015, but I think all of them, like 15 of them were from like rounds four through seven, you know? So I think that's something to keep an eye on is to see if when that run of tight ends goes, cause they're all kind of in that late round, mid round group and just kind of see if all of a sudden there's just this run of like five to 10 tight ends in a matter of like 20 picks. Wow. It's going to be fascinating. There's no doubt. He is the owner in One West Sports, a certified NFL agent, former player in his own right, six-year NFL vet, including uh, the Buffalo Bills, and of course doing great work now uh, in media as well with a sideline reporter gig with the Huskers uh, radio network and uh, had a terrific career at Nebraska. He is Jeremiah Searles on Twitter. Give him a follow at Searles71 underscore HSKR. Jeremiah, amazing. Thank you so much. And, uh, hey, continued success your way. Hopefully we can check down the line again. Absolutely appreciate you having me on and go Bills. I'm going to spend a few minutes on the Bills' first-round pick. And there's just so much out there right now. And, and let's be honest, right? Like, full disclosure, I have no idea what's going to happen. You have no idea what's going to happen. It's an ultimate crapshoot. And I think Jeremiah Searles just nailed it by saying, you know, in the first round, there's just a lot of uncertainty with pretty much every single team. Um, and, and I think that the Bills are, are no different um, in, 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 in what they're looking for on, on the roster because there's so many different ways you could go if you're Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. You could go um, wide receiver. And, you know, keep keep the offense a chugging with, you know, basically what your DNA is, right? How your offense is made up. Um, Chris Sims and, and, a, and a few others have been, you know, noting that Brees Hall is a guy who, you know, there's a quote love affair for uh, the talented dynamic running back out of Iowa State. 5'11", 217, but can just rip it down the field at any particular time. He can run it and, of course, a great uh, threat out of the backfield to catch it and go the distance uh, as well. Um, you know, again, I, I, I don't know if that would send a, b- a bad message to, to, to the running back room. I, 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 I trust Jeremiah Searles and what he said that it wouldn't, um, you know, you're trying to build and win a championship and all that, but Devin Singletary, you know, the last year, he was one of the best running backs in the NFL, but he is coming up on that final contract year. So is there a chance here that Singletary goes off again and the bills because of their cap situation, they can't pay him. And so what happens? immediately into the starting role goes Brees Hall. So running back from those standpoints makes sense. Offensive line makes sense. They're continuing to build and have depth on the line. If Kenyon Green is available from Texas A&M, do the Bills take him? He's versatile, play inside, outside, right? I mean, he'd help solidify a lot of what the Buffalo Bills have. Uh, You've got Andrew Booth Jr. at corner. You have other corners uh, in this draft. That position, to me, obviously makes the most sense because that's the hole in the Buffalo Bills roster. Now, some people would say that it's not a hole, Brandon being you know, being one of them. We like what Dane Jackson can bring to the table. They're waiting on Trey White to get back and all the rest. But the fact of the matter is, you don't have Trey White until October, November. Levi Wallace signed with Pittsburgh, and you are very, very thin at cornerback. Now, it is a deep draft for corner, so maybe, 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 Brandon Bean goes somewhere in you know the later rounds and, and picks up a corner, but might not be. He could develop into something, but he might not be, you know that that uh, uh, elite first corner uh, that you think about in this draft, a la 
Derek Stingley Jr., a la Sauce Gardner. Uh, but cornerback makes an awful lot of sense for the Bills as well. Safety makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, there's just, for a team that doesn't have a lot of holes to fill, right, the Bills have a lot of areas they could go in for obvious reasons in terms of short and long. Uh, and and let's be honest, um, you know, Kyle Hamilton at, at Notre Dame is the prize safety in this draft. Do the Bills trade up to get their guy in this in this draft? You know, does Brandon Bean get aggressive knowing that, you know, they're knocking on the Super Bowl door again? Do they go get a Kyle Hamilton? You know, do they do they try to trade up to, I don't know, 7 to 8, 9, 10 range and make sure that they get in that wheelhouse for Kyle Hamilton or for Derek Stingley Jr. or for Sauce Gardner? Uh, a lot of box right now have wide receiver Jamison Williams going as high as number eight. A couple weeks ago, I saw Jamison Williams going to the Bills at 25. So let's see where things land here for the Bills. But I don't think that there's anything that's off the table. Edge rusher, sure, they could take another edge rusher to just keep building more and more and more and more. Um, would they trade one of the guys they have now, like an AJ Epinesa in, in a couple of picks to shoot way up? the draft board, um, and by doing so, not having to give up another draft pick, and by shooting up the draft board, you go get a corner, or do you maybe land a Jermaine Johnson somewhere? Um, you know, do the Bills trade down? That's certainly a possibility. You know, the edge rusher position, I mean, it's very, very good. It's very, very deep. You've got George Karlaftis from Purdue, who's terrific. Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, who's terrific. You've got Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. You have Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Um, you know, I could see the Bills going defensive edge rush. I could see them going defensive line as well, uh, just adding more depth there. So safety makes sense. Uh, D-line, uh, O-line, uh, running back, uh, certainly cornerback because the Bills do have a glaring hole there from where I sit. Uh, I know Brandon Bean has, uh, you know, forgotten more football than I know, but if you look at the Bills roster, I don't know how you can't say, you know, look, if, if you had to pick one position that you really need, it's got to be corner first, right? I mean, look at Zion Johnson as well, an offensive lineman out of Boston College. He's unbelievable. He's a great player. He's projected on a lot of mocks to go in that 20 to 25 range, right? Um, but I'm looking at a mock right now that has him going number 23. He allowed one sack in 2021 with zero holding or false start penalties. That's how good of a year he had. And you know, you can never have enough versatile linemen, right? I, I know there's been a lot of people who think he could go to the New England Patriots at 21 because they really need more help to protect Mac Jones, uh, and they need versatility uh, in terms of that uh, in, in terms of that offensive line. Um, you know, Tyler Linderbaum is an offensive lineman who uh, is from Iowa who now is kind of dropping a little bit, and some people think that Dallas might take him at 24. What if he's available on the board for the Buffalo Bills? Maybe he becomes the best player for Buffalo in that 25 spot, right? I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe that happens. You know, centers don't get drafted early in in the NFL draft, and that's probably one of the reasons why he's slipping uh, in the draft, right? I mean, he's, he's, he's a guy who I think could make anybody better. He's played on the big stage, Iowa, big, physical, tough, 6'2", 296, but he plays low to the body, uh, low to the ground. And you know, that could be a fit for Buffalo at, uh, at 25. So, um, you know, I, I could see anything and everything happening in this draft from trading up to trading down to taking a running back to taking a safety 
to build depth for the future in terms of post uh, or late Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Um, I could see wide receiver for sure because it's a pretty darn good class of wide receivers. It's a deep class of wide receivers. Um, you know, there's obviously been a lot of, you know, Christian Watson talk out of North Dakota State lately that he's rising up the boards. Um, you know, Chris Olave's in this draft. You've got Garrett Wilson. You have Jamison Williams. Traylon Burks, a wide receiver out of Arkansas, I think is pretty darn good. I think he's actually really underrated in this draft. 6'2", 225. He's probably the fifth or sixth guy that people talk about. But guess what? If he's available at 25, Brandon Bean could easily take Traylon Burks. There's no question about it. I think he's probably going a little bit higher than that. Might go to the Green Bay Packers at 22. But this is a, a spot for the Bills at 25 where you're knocking on the Super Bowl door, but yet you need a couple of pieces. And because you've already paid your quarterback in the cap situation, which again, sometimes can feel a little overrated simply from the standpoint that what does the salary cap mean when you can just cut anybody anytime you want and save money anytime you want, right? I mean, it's how serious do we take the salary cap when you can do that? And clearly, the Bills were up against the salary cap in this offseason and went out and got Von Miller and <laughs> went out and got a bunch of other players and they just cut a bunch of people. So uh, it, it just doesn't, sometimes it doesn't matter the salary cap because you can free up money. Having said that, you want to free up the right money uh, in the right spots. And you know, the Bills, by making all the moves that they did, um, you know they're going to have enough money to sign all their draft picks and probably go a little bit now and, and dip into that free agent pool um, you know, with that, what, eight and a half, nine, ten million dollars. So, uh, I think everything and anything at this point is on the table for the Buffalo Bills, and it's going to be an exciting draft. But you want to be where the Bills are as opposed to the drought years or, you know, kind of a fringe team trying to figure it out like the Saints. Um, you know, you, you want to be where the Bills are and not be, you know, the Texans, Jets, and Giants who need everything. You know, the Seattle Seahawks. They need a quarterback now because they traded Russell Wilson, right? You don't want to be the Carolina Panthers. You know, you don't want to be any of these teams. I mean, being the Buffalo Bills, pretty good. I mean, you're on the short list in the NFL right now with, you know, Kansas City, with the Rams, with Cincinnati, right, with Tampa Bay. Um, you know, that's the that's the, 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 the top-notch stuff there. By the way, one other final thought. I think after Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley Jr., I think Trent McDuffie, the cornerback out of Washington, who's 5'11", 193, I think he could be a really, really great fit for Buffalo. If Sauce is gone and Stingley is gone and the Bills stay where they are, I think that Trent McDuffie would be a really, really nice addition to the Bills. The problem, of course, is the 5'11", mark for his height. You know, is he going to be able to go up against the tall, big physical receivers, especially in the red zone, 5'11", you're given, you're given away in most cases three, four, um, you know, inches uh, to wide receivers. Now, Jahan Dotson, for example, out of Penn State is 5'11", but most wide receivers, uh, you know, even if you look at this draft, you, you got Traylon Burks, he's 6'2", okay? Chris Olave, 6'1". There's a couple inches right there given, right? Um, you know, Christian Watson, 6'4" right? Like a lot of wide receivers are, are that way now. Garrett Wilson, six foot, six one, right? Drake London, six four, you know? So you, you have a lot of Jamison Williams, six two, you know? So he's a smaller corner. I mean, Sauce Gardner, six three, you know? Um, so that's something to definitely 
pay attention to. Derek Stingley, six foot six one. So, but I do think McDuffie, because he has so many of the other big time skills, I think he could hide his height a little bit and be a pretty darn good fit for the Buffalo Bills. It's going to be a heck of a lot of fun, isn't it? The NFL draft is an absolute blast. Obviously, I do think that the hype and the craziness, the lead in, is a little wacky. I do get tired of hearing high floor, low ceiling, explosive motor, great fit, uh, test it out great, uh, you know, all the, all the words that come with it. But um, you know what? I, I, I think it's uh, I, I think it's going to be a pretty darn good time in the first round. Uncertainty, as Jeremiah Searle said, is going to be wild. Thanks again to him, by the way, for coming on the Pandemonium Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lindsley. This is the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and elsewhere at Built in Buffalo underscore. And of course, subscribe to the YouTube page. Get us on Facebook, Instagram, you name it. We are growing each and every day with seven days a week Buffalo Bills content. Super happy to be a part of it. I'm going to try to keep the great guests coming. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games. Enjoy the games.